Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. Today, I'm talking about your LinkedIn growth strategy and how you can improve it with Jerome Myers. Jerome left corporate America to guide people to leading lives of significance by focusing first on living a centered life. Often, these people are already in positions of leadership, but feel that they are all alone. As a result, Jerome creates opportunities for these apex performers to connect with each other so that they can develop solutions to their toughest challenges. In this episode, we're discussing why engaging with other people is more important than talking about yourself on LinkedIn, how to leverage authenticity and gratitude to create more valuable connections, how to get more meaningful comments and likes on your posts, and more golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. Jerome, thank you for being here. I appreciate you taking the time. Mark, super excited to be with you, man. This has been a long time in the making. It's going to be a <laughs> ride, I promise. I knew we'd get it. <laughs> you got to get to it. I mean, schedules get in the way, but Zoom makes things super flexible. A lot. And I, I know on one of our last conversations, I was, as far as your success and what you've done, you went just a huge proponent that social media has to be part of the game, the system, the strategy. Why do you feel so strongly about that? Look, man, if you're not on social right now, you're irrelevant. And it's a strong statement. But the fact of the matter is you can touch people all around the world if you engage on social media. And so I'm encouraging everybody to show up online because now I don't have cold calls. When people come to me, they have an understanding of who I am and what I'm about. And that allows me to eliminate people who I don't actually need to spend time with. And how do you know who to eliminate? I don't have to know who to eliminate. They self-select. So if, Mark, you're not interested in my story and the content that I'm providing, you know that before I sit down with you on a discovery call. And this is so much more time efficient. Now the people who are showing up on the other end of the line or other end of the screen already know something about the person they're talking to. And that is the way that you condense and compress time. Well, social started getting big and publicly in 2007, uh, roughly, give or take, you know, I've got 13 years now. When did you discover it and start using it? I didn't get serious about it for business purposes until May of 2019, believe it or not. And over the past year, we've been able to grow aggressively on LinkedIn. We've got a presence on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. I mean, we, we're showing up on all the platforms, but because of the business that we're in and the need to network, LinkedIn is the platform that we chose to really grow a strong presence on. And that's, it's only, that's only been like two years? It's only been two years and we're over 10,000 followers. How did you do that? I mean, what were you doing to get that? I, I, that's double me and I've been on it for a while. I feel bad now. Well, I mean, the number isn't as important as the engagement, right? And so if you're just trying to figure out how to find your tribe of a hundred or a thousand, depending on how much you're trying to do revenue wise and how do we do it? Showing up every day, posting quality content and engaging on the content of others. If you're showing up in the comments and the likes of other people, they're more than likely ready to engage with you on your content. And that creates this, what I consider a viral effect. Am I having millions of views on my posts? No, but do I get tens of thousands? At times I do. 
And then do you spend more time putting out your own content or some people, myself included, I spend more time on other people's profiles than I do putting up my own. How do you split the difference between what you're posting and how much time you put into it and how much time you're spending on other people's comments, likes, and posts on yes. LinkedIn? Right. So Gary V talks about adding your two cents and he's got this challenge where for like, I think it's 30 or 90 days you go through and you comment on people's posts and we do something similar. So every day, what I try to do is go in and comment on at least 18 posts. And then I'm posting one to three times each day. And that formula leads to a strong engagement and people really wanting to get to know you. And I'm not just posting a picture or posting up a term on multifamily investing because that's one of the businesses we lead but it's a, maybe a story about something that happened in my life and the lessons I learned from it and getting people to engage and relate on that. One of the best posts I've done recently was about my dad. I posted a picture of myself at like the age of one or 18 months eating spaghetti. My dad's <laughs> feeding me. I don't have a shirt on and he's just feeding me off his plate and just told the story of all the sacrifices my dad made in order to help me get to the place that I'm in. I posted tens of thousands of views. And that's another thing, actually, a good segue. You spoke about people get to know you on social media before they meet you. Could you speak more to that? Because that's you, you just got started with it with the picture of you and your dad. That's not a common thing on LinkedIn. Some people are all business, but you want people to get to know you. How do you do it and where do you draw the line? Yeah, I mean, so I'm a firm believer in you got to live out your stated values. And I think this is where people get in trouble. If you're putting on a mask to go to work, then it's going to be hard for you to actually be authentic on social media because you're not living an authentic life. And so I'm the same person at home as I am in a real estate conference, as I am in a boardroom, as I am on site at a property. And so for me, it's pretty easy just to share. But for those folks who are trying to put a mask on and trying to be something that they think other people are looking for them to be, it becomes super, super challenging for them to show up in an authentic way. And I think that's what people are looking for, man, especially in real estate. People are looking to invest with other people in real estate. They really want to get to know the person on a deeper level, not just the marketing stuff that you put out, but who are you at your core? And do I really like you? And then that gives me the opportunity to trust you. There's no like and trust. And so if nobody knows you, none of the other stuff matters. But once they get to know you, then they get to decide whether or not they like you. If they like you, then there's opportunity for them to get to trust you. And the only way that I know to speed up that process is to be authentic. How do you get to that final part of trust? Because no is what you said, you know, commenting and posting. Okay, I, I get that. Like, they self-select. Trust is a big one. How do you do that? Trust is nothing more than being predictable. And so if people can expect you to do X, Y, or Z, then they trust you, period. And I didn't really realize that until this year when I was reading a book by an author named Robin Dreek, and it's called Sizing People Up. And he goes through the six habits that lead to predictability and build trust. So how do you convert them into business? And I know that's a big one, but some people can have whatever you consider to be a huge amount of followers and they can't sell a $10 book. And you're talking real estate, you're not talking books. So how do you, what do you do? 
Yeah, I mean, we, we do high ticket coaching and we've got a course and we've got a pretty pricey uh, real estate conference that we sell tickets to. And the fact of the matter is the people who engage with us on a deeper level and me and my personal brand really like me. And because they like me and they trust what I'm talking about, they know that I'm actual a thought leader and an authority on it. They are excited to share their money, which they usually have an abundance of with me in exchange for whatever solution I'm solving. And usually the solution is tied to giving somebody some support that they don't have in other places, helping them out with strategy because we've either been through it or consumed some content that we're going to model in order to help them get to that place. And then the third thing, which I think is probably most key is being able to hold them accountable. And in order to hold somebody else accountable, you actually have to live it out. And so when I post my six mile runs each day, or when I post that we did this over, like I had a crazy post where I posted that we did 4.2 million steps over the course of a year. Like you don't do that type of stuff by accident. You actually have to be living out an accountable life. And because we're willing to let people in and see how we're living, they're anxious and excited to participate with us on that level because it's going to move them to that next place kind of like what you said about hey you got twice as many followers as i do on linkedin i feel bad about that there's these different levels of accountability that people are seeking and so we want to help them move to that next level so it sounds like a big part of it is at the end of the day you're solving problems for them would that be correct absolutely i mean as much as i hate to say you want to be medicine instead of vitamins right? You want to help people solve a problem. They have a headache and you've got a headache pill. You need to be able to offer that pill to them and explain to them that this pain is going to go away. They're going to buy before they, they're going to buy to eliminate pain before they buy to make their lives better, unfortunately. And with your courses, what is that pain that you make go away? So our real estate course is particularly for multifamily investing, that course is taking away the pain of knowing what a profitable deal looks like. Anybody can buy a piece of real estate, but are you going to make money on that? We teach people how to make money on that deal instead of just trying to figure out how to buy a piece of real estate. How did you learn this so quick? I mean, is it mostly books, other people? Because you ramped up faster than some people do in five years. Yeah, I mean... It's Jonah Weiss has been instrumental in my approach to LinkedIn. Um, and then I've consumed a ton of content, Mark. I, I probably, I used to consume about 40 hours of content each week. I'm probably down to about 20 right now just because my schedule is so aggressive. But it's a combination of having people who are using the platform really well. And like I said, Yona taught me things A to B. In fact, back in May of 2019, when I first got started, I didn't even have a profile picture of myself. I had the logo for my company as my profile picture. And Yona was inviting me to this challenge where you have to post consistently for 10 days. And the goal is to get 18 comments and 18 likes on each post. And I got zero of those posts qualified as uh, something that would you know, move me to the next level of the challenge. And he was like, okay, so try this, try this, try this. And I started moving and adjusting my profile. And little by little, I started to gather more followers and I started to increase my engagement. 
And now I don't really worry about whether I can do an 18 or 18. Now it's like, okay, what do I have to do to get 18,000 views on a post? That's the game I'm playing. Back then when you were learning from Yono and getting things going, going from let's say zero to 20 likes or comments, what changes were you making that got you the results? It really goes into talking about the things that are really happening. I, Gary V talks about documenting the process when you're going through it. And so what I wasn't doing at that point, I was talking about me and I was making myself the hero instead of positioning whoever my potential client would be as the hero. And so, hey, if I can tell the success story about somebody who went through our course, our coaching program and got a real result, that person now is gonna comment and like, right? Because they know the story. All of their friends are gonna celebrate them. That's gonna get a comment and like. And then the people around them who are kind of, a lot of people call them lurkers, right? They're, they're like, oh, well, can this person actually help me? Because they're trying to figure it out. And they see that there's real results and not something that you did, but something you helped somebody else do. People get super excited about that. And so one, like take it away from what you do and make it a focus on what you help other people do. The other thing is celebrating other people. And so if you can do gratitude posts, those get a tremendous amount of um, response, engagement back to the post about my pop, right? When I talked about my dad, everybody was talking about, oh, well, he's an amazing role model. I wish I had a dad like that, et cetera, et cetera. And because I was celebrating him while he's still here, people got pretty interested and engaged on that. So it's not just talking about or to other people, it's celebrating them. And if I hear you right, instead of look how great I am, it's look how great my client is. Without question, you do those two things, then you get the halo effect, right? You're a grateful person, you have gratitude, all good things come from gratitude and appreciation. So naturally people are gonna be attracted to you. The one comment I hear more than anything, Marcus Jerome, your posts are so positive and you're not afraid to talk about the things that most people are would rather sit on the fence on. And so I made a post and this was probably the best post of the fourth quarter for us. And it was about the lack of diversity and commercial real estate. And the start of the post was a teaser, right? Clickbait. I'm so tired of the lack of diversity in multifamily real estate. Or I might have said commercial real estate, regardless of what it was. And then, and there's no image or anything at the bottom of this post. I just go on a rant about why I think there's something wrong with it. And the people who... Whether, regardless of which side they were on, they engaged on the post. And that post did 20,000 views, right? And for me, that's meaningful because we're having a discussion. Is there any uh, like accusations of racism or any of that stuff in the post? Absolutely not. But what we're talking about is something that our business is focused on in changing. And basically what happens, Mark, is we'll go to conferences and everybody is, 40 to 50 year old white guy that talks, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, except for the fact that it's not representative of everybody that's in the space. And so you get a guy like me who looks like he plays professional football and I wanna invest in commercial real estate. I'm gonna ask the question when I walk in the room, can I do this because nobody who has a microphone looks like me. And I'm used to being in that type of environment. I spend a lot of time in corporate America and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is there's a lot of people who stop 
because they walk into a room and nobody looks like them. And so just having that conversation and whether it's the skin color or the sex or the hair or whatever the thing is where you don't see it represented by, I'll call it, you don't see it represented in media, there's an issue, especially if there's somebody out there doing it. And so kind of back to this point of 2019, I was proud that you couldn't find me online. I, I didn't want people to be able to find pictures of me. I didn't want people to know what I was up to. And I've done a 180 on that, Mark. I, I think you have to tell your story so that you can inspire others now. Why didn't you want people to find you online? That's interesting. Um, I think a lot of people are taught, hey, keep your head low. If you're building wealth, you want to stay low and make sure that people don't find you because if you do, then you become a target. I mean, hmm. that's what a lot of parents teach you. And so for me, it was like, okay, we'll, we'll just keep hiding and moving in the shadows and getting things done. We don't really need to tell anybody about it. And that's just not true. And I had a few folks point that out to me and convict me on this thought of you're not shining your light as bright as you should. What we talked, we spoke a little bit about mentorship with that shift of wanting to hide to wanting to be on how much did mentorship, even if it was one phone call, play a role in you making that shift? So it's funny. Uh, it was mentorship from when I was in corporate America. So Craig was my mentor while I was in corporate America. He was the only African-American executive at a company that had 17,000 employees. Oh. Right. And so there probably were 80 or so executives and he was the only African-American one. And I used to tell him all the time, you are the beacon of light. You give me hope that one day I can be an executive here. Cause that was my goal. I wanted the job that he had. And he would always shake his head and it's like, Jerome, it's not about skin color. It's not about any of that. Like just do what you're supposed to do. And I, I hammered him. I was like every year, Craig, you know, I really appreciate what you're doing. You're giving your great role model, your great example. And you're giving me hope that this can happen for me too. Fast forward, I get into this multifamily space become a leader based on the track record that we have, but I wasn't telling anybody about it. I wasn't a beacon of hope for anybody. And that convicted me. It was like, look, you're being selfish by not sharing your story. You're being selfish and you're not inspiring anybody by sitting over here in the corner. And so not only did I get convicted, but I have the conversations with everybody I meet who doesn't look like the status quo on stage and say, look, it's great that you have this success, but if you're not sharing your story, you're depriving and cheating a whole generation of people who are coming behind you, who are trying to figure out if they can do it. And they just need somebody who looks like them to break the barrier so that they can say, oh, well, I guess I don't have an excuse now. So how much does wanting to be an inspiration like that mentor, I mean, how much does that drive? Is that what gets you up in the morning? Is it play a big role? What, what does that look like for you and your, as far as your personal beliefs? Without question, that's everything now. So when I left corporate America back in 2016, I decided that I wasn't gonna live a life where I did things for money anymore. I wanted to be significant. And so significance is really, really, really tied to the impact that you have on other people and a positive impact. And I think the best impact that you can have is to be motivational or inspirational for others. If you do that, then you live on. You know, Craig has no idea that I was convicted 
by his example and why I'm doing the stuff I'm doing in multifamily. I've never called to tell him that. But because he did that, I was able to do it in this space. And now I have a whole slew of people who I've either helped get on podcasts, help speak at conferences or ask them to speak at my conference or whatever else to get them in front of more people so that they can see that it's possible for them. Because at the end of the day, my goal is just to open doors for more people and create generational wealth, because I think that is the key. So it sounds like if I hear you right and let me know, you're flipping the script instead of I'm going to get rich and I'm, people are going to want to be me because I'm rich. It sounds like you've started with, I'm going to express gratitude. I'm, the purpose that's going to get me up in the morning is to be an inspiration because of gratitude and wanting to become an inspiration that brought success, not the other way around. Would that be correct? Without question. So if you're doing what you're supposed to do, the money follows every single time, right? If you are walking in the space that you're going to naturally attract prosperity, any other way of doing it, it's temporary. And I did it that way for a long time. I, I did it for 10 or 15 years while I was in corporate. I, I ran after money. I was fortunate enough to break six figures when I was 26. And that income continued to grow, but I wasn't significant. Right. I still remember I used to coach high school football after I worked my day job. I still remember when I took a consulting role and I was flying all around the globe and I came back in on a Friday night and I flew over a football field and I saw kids playing. I saw the cheer, the crowd cheering. And I realized that the place where I was making the most impact was down on that field. And I traded it in for an extra five or six hundred dollars a month in income. And I sold that impact cheap. And I promised myself that if I ever had the opportunity to do that again, I would never do it. And I was going to find a way to come back and be significant. If someone's listening and they're in between, they say, you know, I like what a lot of everything you said, and hopefully it'll flip to they can become an inspiration to other people, not just, ooh, look at how many likes and comments I have. And they have kind of a following and they, and they say, look, I'm really busy. You gave me a lot here what's one thing I should do? Or whether it's something that we said or something that we haven't even touched on yet, but if they say there's one thing I need to do if I wanna kind of follow in your footsteps, what would you tell them to do? I think the one thing I would tell them to do is to be living out their authentic self in every environment that they're in. And if you do that, then showing up on social media gets really simple. Excellent. And if people want to find you, where's the best place to find you online? The best place for your audience is to go to www.jeromemyers.co. There you can find out everything about what we have going on. And I would absolutely want your listeners to connect with us on LinkedIn as well. And it's Jerome, just to be sure, M-Y-E-R-S dot C-O. That's right. You got to spell it right. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, Jerome. I appreciate it. Mark, this was an awesome opportunity. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.